favorite neighbors. This is Sis. This is Squirt. So, True Blood. And I think this was season three or four for True Blood. I'm not positive because, well, HBO's weird, you know, and they start seasons and end them whenever they want to. And so this aired over the summer. You don't watch it. Did you ever start watching it? You did start watching it, I did start watching it. I think I watched most of the first season Mm -hmm. and then stopped at some point. Because it got crazy. There's certain shows that they get so crazy that I'm like, I'm done with you. But because True Bread is based on the supernatural, they really have license to go everywhere. There are no boundaries. You can try to make it as believable as you'd like. They can just do whatever the heck they want and blame it on supernatural stuff. Yeah. Like in certain shows like they go crazy and like soap operas sometimes or I'm trying to think of like Desperate Housewives where like someone you know ends up just going psycho and killing somebody and doing some of that. I'm like, really? Where did they find a 17th century samurai sword? <laughs> like, you can't, I can't believe it. But on, you know, True Blood, you know what? It's possible. They could have conjured it. Right. You know, so it, they have license. <laughs> this season, I have to say, once again, was another one that I'd never watched in real time because of Oh, because it was too late. I'm sorry. I'm old. Like, I've realized that. But pretty much anything that comes on on the 10 to 11 o'clock or 11 to midnight hour, mm-hmm. I just have to watch the next day. Yes. <laughs> like, I just can't do it. Yeah. So um, so I think, it, I think I had to tape it at the 11 o'clock due to recording mm-hmm. things. But anyway, so I watched those kind of in clumps of episodes. And every a lot of people complained about this season. It started off very, I feel, kind of fast-paced. Like, everyone was like, the first episode was was kind of an awesome shocker. The big plot twist this season was Eric Northman, who was the Swedish villainous vampire, okay. gets struck with amnesia. Uh, and oh, is, my God. Are you y- kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. And is suddenly, like, helpless, like a puppy. And, mm-hmm. like, nice. Like, you know, not his typical sarcastic mean self. And Sookie kind of befriends him and Slash begins to date him. And date meaning have sex with him. Right. So that was kind of like the biggest turn shock of the season. Mm. Lots of other things happens. We find out that Sookie's a fairy. But that one being the biggest bit. And so that happened like in the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. And then after that. It went along with, like I said, filling out the plots, and it just kind of moseyed. And the, not reviews, but I feel like what I heard was that everyone's like, oh, this this episode of True Blood sucked. This Mm -hmm. episode of True Blood sucked, like, every week. And then I'd watch it, and I'd be like, it wasn't bad. Just nothing as groundbreaking as Eric losing his memory happened. Right. And... That was, like, the whole rest of the season. It oh, was, so they, they set the bar so high yeah. that all, no other episode other than, like, Eric dying yeah. would really... Okay, I guess. And see it. it was... In the, in, but also, the whole entire season, though, was kind of vanilla because I'm sitting here trying to think. And I thought about this the other day. I was like, how did it end? Because, <laughs> because it just kind of... Petered. I know there was a cliffhanger. I know there had to have been a cliffhanger, but I don't remember what it was because it always ends every season with a cliffhanger. Really? Pretty much. And you're kind of like, whoa, because like uh, last season was a cliffhanger and Sookie, she doesn't die, but she kind of disappears. Mm. And the season starts and you find out that she was um, taken to fairyland, literally. Mm. The land of the fairies. <laughs> um, you mean not the place in Oakland? Not the, the place steps. in Oakland. But um, and 
and and that starts it off and they 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 managed to to kill get rid of a big bad in their area they weren't possessed i can't remember what it was but they got rid of a big a big huge bad and it wasn't russell edgington because he was there too but anyway they got rid of a big bad and everybody kind of dispersed Okay. You know, Tara went to New Orleans and suddenly became a lesbian, which ticked me off. Mm. Ticked me off to no extent. I'm going to get on my high horse about this, and I don't care if I've already gotten on my high horse about this, but whenever there is a strong female character in a show, inevitably she dabbles in or becomes a lesbian. Mm. And it kind of pisses me off. Samantha did it in Sex and the City, mm-hmm. and then Tara here, and then there was kind of another show where it's like that character was just always straight in the beginning yeah uh just a strong sexual female character and who dates around and can't seem to find the right guy Mm -hmm. and then suddenly they're in a relationship with a woman and they're happy and i was like not every woman who can you know is strong and out there is a lesbian and that kind of ticked me off but on the flip side of it i feel in those two examples of sex in the city and in true blood they dealt with it well and fairly or it wasn't like they just woke up one day and decided they liked girls right in all those situations it's always kind of like they like that girl yeah not like all women in general yeah (laughs) but they all went their separate ways and through different reasons pretty much sookie coming back from fairyland they uh they all con- <laughs> it's true oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> they, they all convene back into bon temps and loads of stuff happens of course and craziness happens that that being said that was like literally the first two episodes and then the rest it just moves along they they introduce witches which mm-hmm. was great they introduce shifters and more werewolves and which is fantastic but the you know the season ended couple characters died that I didn't expect to die but I'm kind of like in the vein of Cheryl and Kenyon like um you remember in her I feel like it was well she's written so many books but I feel like book 12 or 13 where she introduces the ghosts like the one where there's like a woman who's like half demon and she has a ghost from the 1980s that lives with her did you ever get to that one Yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. And one. then yes. the ghost from the 1980s ends up falling in love with another ghost. Yes. Or something. Yes. Well, like um kind of ghosts have been introduced because okay. Lafayette's a medium. Oh, okay. And um and so you kind of get the feeling that his partner who unfortunately died, Jesus, mm-hmm. um is kind of going to be his pet ghost. Oh. Like that cuz Jesus isn't going to leave him. He's like, "Dude, I'm I'm dead, but you're a medium. I'm not going anywhere." Yeah. I'm trying to figure like seriously I'm racking my brain on how like what was the big there was a big kind of like somebody's coming back oh that's what it was Russell Edgington was unburied coming back as a cliffhanger but the whole thing with Bill and Eric so then it became a love triangle Mm. and it just like I was saying it just was kind of vanilla if you can even say that for a freaking supernatural show like I I don't even know how it can be vanilla. I mean, there was a sufficient amount of blood and gore. There's sufficient amount of sex and nudity. But it was just kind of like, okay. Well, okay, was it like, because I know that the True Blood series is based on the Sookie Stackhouse novels by Charlene Harris. Yeah. And, okay, so and I'm equating it to Pretty Little Liar. Is it the Pretty Little Liars problem where they ran out of books but they're trying to keep the characters like alive and interesting and so they're just sort of creating plots on their own or 
is it they have all of these books because there's like 27 or so there's a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. like Sookie Stackhouse mm-hmm. Southern Vampire mm-hmm. books right mm-hmm. is it that where they are right now in the story they're sort of in that middle part of the books where perhaps Charlene Harris didn't need to end things on cliffhangers because she was just writing like book after book after book after book I, I in all fairness I don't know certain things I do know I, I feel like they from people I know who have read the books they're like this is around book four or are you five. kidding me totally not kidding like season one was book one oh. and see, from what I can understand season two was book two because Someone told me that in book five, Bill dies. So we lose Bill Compton. I doubt it. And they keep going. That's what they said. I didn't read the books. I have no idea. But so they were like, this is true. But certain things have shifted. Like Lafayette dies early in book one. He does not survive at all. But the character and the actor were so great that they just kept him around. So I have no idea if Lafayette and Jesus exist. In the books at all. So they still have some architecture to work with, unlike Pretty Little Liars, which really sort of ran out of its architecture um, in the first season. And they've been spending the second season, I assume, because I just gave up on it, trying to, like, create something else. Yeah, maybe. So they're still, okay, so they still have architecture, but it's just boring. Yeah. It didn't leave you with the heart racing or even the, like, oh, my gosh, what's Sookie going to do? Because I feel like you kind of, they did spend a lot of time a little on the love triangle. Mm. And not even love triangle, but, you know, we all know that Sookie's in love with Bill. And for the longest time, we were rooting for that as Mm -hmm. viewers because we're like, oh, the vampire and the special girl, let them get together. They're so happy, yada, yada, yada. And then there's the whole Eric thing, and you're like, wait a minute. Um, And they spent a lot of time pulling that apart, but I feel almost not enough time. Because they had other plot lines and it's a mixed audience. So there's going to be a whole group of people that would not care to dissect that any more than what was dissected. Mm -hmm. But because it wasn't, it just kind of felt really halfway done. Mm. And the whole season, like the plots moved along, but it just was mm, vanilla. So that's my analysis of this season of True Blood, it just started out with a bang. I mean, I really feel like the first two episodes, you're just like, whoa! Uh. This is great. And it was almost like they had, this is where I think possibly they dropped the ball. They had the potential because it's, I think three or four, I can't remember the season. But there are pretty much at least five to seven characters besides Sookie that we have grown to love. Okay. On the show. And because of this crazy sookiness drama with her and Bill and Eric that just needs to be resolved, I feel they had the potential to really give us the other characters. Like to I feel like there could have been a complete episode where Sookie wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. And it would have been and really given us the meat on all of these other characters that we've gotten to know. But they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead they maybe had an episode with fifteen minutes of Sookie and uh, the episodes are only half hour long. Well half hour give or take, but like so ten minutes of Sookie and twenty minutes of the other guys mm-hmm. and it just wasn't enough because Sookie's story just wasn't strong enough with that love triangle. Mm-hmm. It, it just just was too boring and vanilla and they didn't give us enough of the other stories because they start like I was telling you they started us with the wolf pack and Alcide who we met last season and 
his whole storyline. And then, you know, we have this storyline with the witches. We have the storyline with Lafayette. We have the storyline with Tara. Another storyline with Jason. They could have given us more. And then they started one, which I think was actually kind of interesting, with the sheriff and in the fry cook, who's his cousin. And I was like, give us more. But they didn't. So... I kind of give this season, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm a, a, a lightweight, but like a B minus. And I, everyone, I don't think it was crap, mm-hmm. but definitely not the season I'd start with. Like mm-hmm. if I say, oh, start watching True Blood, start watching it now. But I, I hopefully I think next season we'll come back with a big bang. Okay. Um, so that's my, my, my it for True Blood. Leverage came back this season. And I thought this was a great season. One of the better seasons. We definitely got to know more of the characters. They kind of switched up the format. For a while, it became robbery of the week. Like, what are we going to rob this week? But, <laughs> you know, yes. but they, they managed to, in a, in a few of them, you know, take us back in time and kind yeah. of, you know, give us that episode, give us a little feedback on, you know, certain characters. I thought that that was, not feedback, background on, mm-hmm. the, on the certain characters. They also have started this plot line that I kind of wish they had sort of gone through with, which was... So there's always that person that's sort of watching their every move that they think isn't mm-hmm. watching them up mm-hmm. until they get caught on something. And mm-hmm. for a while, it was like another villain, like a bigger villain who mm-hmm. was feeling threatened or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they sort of started this in one episode and dropped it in mm-hmm. the next one where there was a guy who wanted to help them. Mm-mm. Do you remember this one? Yeah, it wasn't help them. Well, not he- help them, but like point out to them where they could continue to help people Mm -hmm. and he would I think he was gonna like help them like support them if they needed it Mm. Um, but as long as he was able to know when they were going to do it because he essentially made profits Mm -hmm. off of the work that they did Mm -hmm. and I thought that would have been either an interesting partnership or an interesting villainy Mm -hmm. but they sort of set it up and then just dropped it again Yeah, which and they did set it up so they do have potential to flush it out yeah you know if they if they ever want to but but that's another show by the way leverage is another show where it is clear that someone is having fun Mm -hmm. i really think the writers and the cast have a very good time doing what they do you couldn't get that kind of fun i think mm-hmm. like the episode that i'm thinking of is the flashback episode to the diamond where they're each telling yes. one part of the story <laughs> yes. and you know they all have these different ideas and the, the funniest gag is sophie's accent, accent yes. in each <laughs> but, like, but you know it's one of those things that like that that had to be just a whole lot of fun to write and a whole lot of fun to act and it it was in good humor and as a viewer you got the joke mm-hmm. and I think that they w- could not have written it if there wasn't fun behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, I also think they've sort of downplayed the um, Nate drinking problem which kind of got a little dark mm-hmm. in, I don't even know what season because I don't even know what season Because they do right it now. weird because it comes on in it's the summer the and then in the winter. Yeah, it's, like, a, it's a shoulder show. Yeah. Um, they did, but you know, they got kind of dark, and he was sort of 
unpredictable and dangerous and everything. And they've sort of been like, okay, when you drink, you're unpredictable and dangerous, but we're still going to follow you. So we're mm-hmm. going to still do the unpredictable and dangerous stuff. Yeah. I think they don't really know, though, where they want to go with the Parker Hardison thing. Yeah. I think where they are now is fine. I have to say, like, as someone who watches, as both of us watch all those shows where there's a will they, won't they. Yes. And, the, and, and you definitely have watched the show and you've gotten to the point of like you know will they will they will they I don't even care about the won't they and then out we've seen won't they we need to see will Will they they. but I'm not there yet with the show I think the way they've taken care of it is kind of it's kind of nice because you know the chemistry's there but you know neither of them have really they both are both of the characters are so guarded mm-hmm. that they haven't made that move yet. So you're not kind of like just go the rest of the way. Like I feel if they were to like kiss yeah. or like Well, they re- have kissed. Did they really kiss? Yeah, they've kissed a few times. Okay. Well, I feel like if they were to do anything more, but they're still really cagey around each other. Yes. You know, like I'd be like, "Will they?" But instead it's kind of like, "Okay, they're an item, but they haven't admitted it to themselves," which is Fine. Yeah. And <laughs> um, it's interesting to watch play out and it's interesting to watch play out with that team, which is so used to being blunt. And yet it <laughs> seems, you know, I'm going to give motivations to something that I don't know, but it seems as though everyone on the team is like, yes, we see this playing out. We're not going to rock this boat. We're mm-hmm. not going to touch this egg. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still growing. We're going to, we're not going to, you know, force it, mm-hmm. but we're also not going to like break it open and say, just you two be together. Yeah. And they've definitely, um, But as the show goes on, that's what happens. They've definitely made the characters caricatures. I feel that Elliot grunts more. (laughs) I mean, because in the first part of it, you you know, you knew that he was the hitter, but they really hadn't developed much more surly. Yeah, well, because I thought they were kind of going to make him a little bit of a hitter and a playboy. Yeah, you, you know, but they kind of gave up on the Playboy part. Like he really, I mean, yeah, he's attractive. Sometimes. You know, he's attractive, but they don't use it. You know how like Sophie is the grifter, but she's also kind of the sexual sultry one, and yeah. they use that. Yeah, like in the first episodes, they were kind of using it for Elliot, but then they've stopped. I mean, it's like he is the hitter. Mm-hmm. He's not the one that you send in to seduce the girl. Yeah, and so so they figured that out as to where they put them, and I like what they've done with Park. You know, extremely for the lack of better of term, cold or focused, mm-hmm. but also overly childish. Yes. And it's a great combination. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they, mm-hmm. but also overly childish. Yes. And it's a great combination. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they, cause otherwise you'd think she was psycho. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, she is. but, but you know, she gets really excited about chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, type of thing. Exactly. So I, I like where they've gone with the show. I, 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 I really did enjoy this season. Mixed it up a bit, but it was still heist of the week, but they shifted some th- some things around and it's always fun to watch the different ways that they do things and the way the writers write the show it's so perfectly they give you just enough information to figure it out yourself and just enough to not get really how they did it until right. they show you right it's like Ocean's 11 but it's better than Ocean's 11 and I like Ocean's 11 so this says a lot because Ocean's 11 I feel to some extent makes up the titles of the different things that they do and it kind of doesn't really matter you know it's like we're gonna do the the Brooklyn Bean, mm-hmm. and it you know it requires five people and a fan. Yeah. Well, you don't actually see that play out, but mm-hmm. on leverage, they make up these titles and then they do them. Yeah, and so you're—I mean, it could be totally false, like of what? They, they, but I I think it's what 
the oceans would be if they had to be TV shows, mm-hmm. which is I I like the oceans a lot, and exactly. so. I really like this show. I just really like this show. It's just very fun. It was a very fun show. So the last returning summer show that I wanted to talk about was um, Drop Dead Diva. (laughs) Uh, We haven't watched the finale yet. It's tonight, I think. It is tonight. Um, But another summer show, the kind of gimmick that they use for the show was that there's a model who... See that model there? That was me. (laughs) See that aspiring model there? That was me. me. Until I had an accident. Um, but, uh, and so this, like, size two model through a weird series of events gets trapped in a size 14 body of a woman who is 14 a, my ass. Wasn't, isn't she supposed to be 14? I think she's just supposed to be big. Oh, uh, plus size body, excuse me. So she's supposed to be in a plus size body of this very super smart, very um, successful lawyer. But named- inept. Awkwardly inept. She's the first Jane is like very inept. Yo, the first Jane is. Very, I don't know if she's necessarily inept, but, but she's, she's like definitely very plain. She's plain, yeah. and she she doesn't like. I mean, not that makeup is the end all be all, but mm. she doesn't she doesn't dress for her body type, uh-uh. and you know she's yeah. very smart, but she's not yeah. um, very people friendly. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very smart, and but doesn't really have the interpersonal skills. Doesn't have the fashion skills, and so you know, with that mix of things, uh, she ends up you know, having to lawyer and fight cases and deal with the typical um, everyday life with this new kind of sassy personality in this plus size body. Yeah. But we also knew Deb is the character's name played by Brooke Dorsey. (laughs) And we knew her from 16 starting to find my way. Oh. She's the voice of Caitlin on oh. 16. Okay, I think it is. So, know that. Yeah. yes, that which is an awesome 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 fantastic cartoon, which we will really really awesome, date. which of course you discovered before I did and you yes. were all about before I was and yes. then I finally watched it and it was good. Yes. Um story of my life. So, I it's, it's a great show. They d- and one of the things I like about it, which is another thing that I like about Mike and Molly, which is not a, a summer show, is that like while the premise is that she's plus size. It's not the punchline. It's not like a gimmick that they use often or that she even uses to stop herself. And really, after like the first few episodes of the first season, they even moved away from that. Yeah. They moved away from like body issues being any yeah. topic at all. Well, one of the things that one of the lines that I loved is that um, at the at one point, like she says to her best friend, and I'm suddenly craving cinnamon raisin muffins and she goes and eats one mm-hmm. and it's like she's craving them and she wants them and it's not like that's a bad thing. Right. She's or it's just punishment saying, to eat them. Like exactly. we don't see her then getting on a treadmill exactly, or Exactly. But she's like, just saying now I'm craving them, so I'm going to eat yeah. them instead of like. Except and, and yeah, instead of saying before I just never wanted them. Now, yeah. oh my god! Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a fantastic, fun show, a fun premise. But I've, you do have a problem with it because you have fussed about it. I have. I've harped on this, so I, and I will harp on it again. So I think that the character of Jane, the one that they've developed now, her character is is very good and fun. Like she's a smart. A uh, successful, funny woman, beautiful woman in LA, great kind of character person, almost someone you you want to be your to be your best friend or to grow up and become. And in the story, her kind of 
the semi love interest that they keep pointing you toward is this of g- Deb. Of, Deb's love but interest, but still, no. Even with Jane, like the way they've written the show is they kind of want that Jane character, yes. the one that exists now with Deb in the head and Jane in the body, to get with this Grayson character. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and so they're pointing that way. But my problem is that personally, I don't think Grayson's worthy. Right. Like I just kind of think he's a stop. I'm like Jane is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like she has this amazing mind. Is a kick-ass lawyer. Is really and now with Deb in her head has the great personalities and social skills to go anywhere in life. And Grayson is kind of this whiny sop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get over him. And throughout the episodes, occasionally they've given her um, the Jane character some boyfriends, and they had Tony in the beginning who I like, but I think he got another show, so they you know they cut him off. And so they keep giving her these different. Um, male love characters but they fizzle out on their own none of them have ever fizzled out because of Grayson which I'm glad mm-hmm. but once they fizzle out it's kind of like then they point her back to Grayson yeah and I'm like Ugh. but it looks like though that in the season finale that might end soon yeah like that that will come to out. a head yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing too that's been bubbling under the surface is that the character of Jane needs to tell Grayson that she's really inside of her body is Deb, the fiance that he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that the show is fantastically fun. It's a little bit campy, a little bit sexy. They have like lots of bits of comedy. I love the random singing and dream sequences. Yeah. And of course, everybody loves the justice shows where things always work out in the end for the clients and the attorneys. And she always fights on the side of right. And that's what helps, I guess, is that with Deb being in Jane's head, Deb has this naivete that like... That's wrong. Right. And, and I need, need to fix it. We need to fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And find something that we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just another summer show that I feel because of the marketing, because I feel like Mike and Molly had the same backlash, wouldn't have worked on the normal season because people wouldn't have watched it because they're like, I don't want to watch a fat chick. And it's like, it's not, while that's the premise, that's not the show. Right. You know, and it's so much better than that. And I think the writing is so well done and the actress name. Brooke Elliott, thank you, is amazing. Yes. Like, just does fantastic job across the board. And, and they've given us now side characters that we've grown to love. Yes. Like um, Parker and the bitch. Kim. Kim, which we still like. I like Kim. I mean, she's not my favorite because I'm not supposed to like her, mm-hmm. but I like her as a villain. Yes. I also think it's a grown-up show. It's fantastical in as much as... This person's spirits in another person's body. Mm-hmm. Past that, it's a grown-up lawyer show. Yeah. Like, it's... I Okay, maybe the closest comparison, and I don't really remember watching it much. It's sort of like L.A. Law mm-hmm. for this generation mm-hmm. and change around some of the characters. Yeah. You know, they don't try to be anything they're not. It, to the point where, like, Stacy and De- uh, Jane live together. Probably because neither of them could afford a house in L.A. Mm-hmm. without, you know, another person living with mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, monetary issues come into play. Sex comes into play. Like, mm-hmm. they talk about sex mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a show for 
grown people who want to see other grown people on TV living out a life that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's not a Friends where they just get a... Everybody talks about Friends in the Fantastic Apartment, but it's true. Yeah, it is. That it was a sort of unrealistic setup. Mm -hmm. It's not any of that. Mm -hmm. It's you've got a lot of hard work. You've got a lot of long nights. Mm -hmm. But in that, there can still be fun and there can still be a life, but you still have work to do. Mm -hmm. And work is part of it. It's almost... You know what it's almost like? An analogous show would be a show about kids in high school wherein some of the plot line actually involved classes. <laughs> yeah. You know, Drop Dead Divas, just like that. It's a show about lawyers and some of the plot line, even though some of it's interpersonal relationships and that's <laughs> the stuff that you follow, they're also in court. Yeah. You know, and they manage to balance it out and make it work and keep it interesting, yeah. which is a huge boon. <laughs> So anyway, yes, I just love that show, and I love Brooke Elliott, and it's it's, it's got a really fun cast. It's got a young cast. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of people I had never seen before, which I'm hope. And I heard it just got picked up again for yay. another season. So yay! But probably long after they filmed the finale. Mm-hmm. So well, it probably has a finale a little like Chuck, mm. uh, where they didn't know what it was going to be like. Yeah. Um, but you know, even without that, I kind of think that this cast could really go anywhere. <laughs> and do anything they're pretty cool yeah i think it's a pretty great show if you want to continue any of the conversations that we've started here you can follow us at my fave neighbors on twitter or through our blog which is my favoriteneighbors.blogspot.com this is sis and this is squirt thanks for stopping by you'll You'll know us when when you see see us. us